This podcast is a part of the Benview Network. You can find this and other podcasts like it at BenviewNetwork.com. Jump scare. Good evening, intrepid listeners. We open our doors once again as the midnight settles in and invite you to join us for some dubious delicacies. Our menu changes frequently to suit the flavor of the month. But we always endeavor to give you the highest quality in the mysterious and unusual. It's natural to question this if this is your first time here. But then again, it is a good idea to question most things. We certainly don't blame you, given the decor of cobwebs and chains, and the distant screams to our larders and kitchens. Tonight's play... Appropriately enough, is about asking the big questions. Questions such as, why are we here? Where are we going? Why does suffering exist? And is it worse knowing the truth or remaining ignorant to the true nature of life? doing here? You invited me, remember? Did I? Oh, oh, well, I probably had a reason at the time. Still good to see you anyway. Come on in. Sorry about the mess. Been a bit frazzled lately. Yeah, nothing's changed. Your apartment of solitude looked exactly the same the last time I was here. And that was at least three months ago. Three months and 15 days. Speaking of, how's life? Still doing IT work? Yeah, it's boring. But it pays well and lets me travel. We can't all be independent tech geniuses like you. I prefer being called a consulting technician. So, you've been watching reruns of Sherlock, then. Did you miss me? Did you miss me? Did you miss me? <laughs> As a matter of fact... Oh, sit anywhere, by the way. I'd, I'd offer you something, but I haven't been to a shop in days. Been busy working on some secret project? A, a bit, yeah. D- don't worry, I'm not... Starving myself or anything, just been ordering lots of Chinese. Ben, is this another off-the-books kind of thing? You know, I can't really talk about that. You liar. You tell me about it all the time. I tell you about my hacking work with Google, Microsoft and IBM, making sure their security is intact or tracking down those that cracked it beside me. Thrill of the chase and all that. No. I meant the stuff you told me about with the Department of Defense, the NSA. Oh, was, was, I, was I drunk when I mentioned those things? Every single time? No. Ah. Right. 
Right. Well, I, I, I only do that because my work with them is twofold. They want my expertise, and it allows them to keep tabs on my expertise. And that's a good thing because... Well, it, it keeps them happy knowing where I am and what I'm doing, or at least what they think I'm doing. <laughs> so then, what's this all about? What's what all about? This. You inviting me over here out of the blue, after months of science. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's right. I, I, I knew there was uh, something. Where were you on March 25th? March 25th? Um, I was... I think I had taken a sick day. I'm not sure. But for all intents and purposes, an ordinary day, right? Hence why you don't think of specifics. Right. Nothing unusual or out of the ordinary? Nothing as far as I can tell. Ben, what... What if I told you that on March 25th, for approximately 27 minutes and 54 seconds, our planet didn't technically exist? Well, no offence, but I think I would have noticed that. Truth be told, you do have a few eccentric theories. <sighs> Bloody sceptic. Hey, I'm not the one that made claims that the common cold existed as a vast hive mentality that avoided detection by its elements constantly hopping from body to body. Or accusing his neighbours of being CIA agents trialling neurotoxins on the local cats. O okay, granted, that last one was a bit of a stretch, but hear me out on this. The scientific community, or at least the parts that are allowed to know this sort of thing, is in an uproar about it. Plus, you're the only person I can talk to about this. Fair enough. Explain. Right then. I first picked up on it when I was doing a piece of work for NASA. I was idling through their secure systems trying to find proof of Area 51. Oh, God, of course. When I found bits and pieces of information about the Blink, as it's called, from their international team. I was curious, and I did some digging. It was surprisingly easy to find everything I needed to find, despite how tight-lipped everyone is. It's like this. On March 25th, at 14.57 GMT, the world stopped for that 27 minutes and 54 seconds, and no one noticed. Why is it a thing... If no one noticed. No one noticed at first, I should say. There was no sudden jolt, no collapsing into unconsciousness, no transition into utter darkness and back again. Nothing. Everything carried on as normal. But if you looked beyond our planet, you'd notice that things were off. NASA and a few other space agencies actually picked up on it pretty quickly. Signals to ongoing missions beyond those in orbit around the Earth were all off by almost 30 minutes. Same discrepancy for incoming signals. At first they figured it was a problem with our computers, it was some sort of global hack or mass virus. That was before the astronomers called. Let me guess, the stars didn't align. Close. Pretty much every major observatory checked what was happening with the sky against their stellar records and computational models of the local galaxy and beyond, and it didn't match up. During that span of minutes, the Earth had somehow been out of sync with the rest of known time and space. In essence, the world as we knew it had winked out of existence during this period and then returned as, as if nothing had happened. Okay. This is kind of a big deal, Mark. There's been a secret scientific think tank cobbled together to figure out what's going on. Physicists, quantum theorists, mathematicians, the whole spectrum of sciences all focused on this one problem and the questions associated with it. What had happened? Why it had happened? Most importantly, is it likely to happen again? And if so, what's the risk of it being permanent? But you'd think someone would have let something leak by now. 
I mean, there are plenty of stargazers and amateur astronomers who might pick up on it. There have been, but anyone who says anything has either been brought on board, treated as a crank, or disappeared with extreme prejudice. There's been a total news blackout as well. The biggest fear is, is that there will be mass panic or the world religions taking credit on behalf of their respective gods and several genocidal wars kicking off as a result. Well, this does sound pretty dire. There's, there's nothing more disconcerting, I guess, than not being able to trust your own reality. We've been raised in a world where it's fine to distrust your government, your employers, even your family, but your own entire existence? Definitely a recipe for chaos. Places like CERN have been placed on almost permanent hiatus. The governments of the world have no proof experiments like the ones they were doing down there are even the cause. But then I suppose they had to point the finger somewhere until more evidence showed up. There's a lot of theoretical work being done right now, but pretty much zero practical. I guess it's only a matter of time before they get the scriptwriters in from Doctor Who to brainstorm a probable cause. I think that statement alone gives me reason to see this all as a big conspiracy theory, Ben. Then, of course, on the other side, you have the religions. Remember our Bible classes? Yeah, but that was ages ago, when we were kids. I like the stories, if not the morality. I especially like the story of Babel. What are you doing? Here, imagine this pile of rubbish is the tower, okay? Precarious, even in the best of circumstances. Man in his hubris decided to build a tower to God so he may converse with his creator. God, though, in his glorious wisdom, decided man should not be allowed to do this and took steps to rectify the situation. So he cursed mankind with the gift of many tongues. Well, many a project plan or peace has been ruined by the inability of people to understand each other. It might be that humanity is overreaching itself again. With the final proof of the existence of the Higgs boson, maybe God's decided we're getting too close again, and he's selfish about his tricks. Time for another lesson, perhaps? Maybe the blink was God giving us a heads up, a warning, to stop encroaching on his intellectual property, else risk the consequences. Personally, I, you know, looking at all the facts so far accumulated, I believe the answer lies even further afield. <laughs> you and your conspiracies. Ah, but I have statistical proof, in fact. Statistics? You? This coming from the man who said statistics cause 78.65% of the world's ills? I accept statistics and all their perceived infallibility are the most fallible things in the world. Take a world of fiction and add numbers to it, and suddenly it becomes non-fiction. Add a pie chart and a graph, and it becomes an inviolate truth. Bollocks. Pass it to the right people in the right places at the right time, and it becomes law. Huh. Oh, you're no fun. However, in these cases, I am referring to your basic biased marketing, pressure group, and political statistics. Now, pattern recognition, that element within the field of otherwise exploitable statistics, that I do have time for. You've heard of SETI, of course. Hold on. If we're heading into alien territory, you can kiss my ass goodbye right here and now. Just just humour me for a moment, yeah? It's probably why I called you. <sighs> I'm sorry. Please continue, oh knowledgeable one. Thank you. SETI, the search for extraterrestrial life, one of their jobs being the analysis of signals bouncing in and around our local galaxy. 
from which they've never found any conclusive proof of intelligent life. What if the patterns they've been looking for are wrong? What if you could analyse these seemingly random signals another way? What if there is a pattern, but it's spread over a longer period so you don't even see it as a pattern? Aha! Have you been watching the Discovery Channel again? Is there a UFO special on this week? What if I told you I had written my own pattern recognition algorithm? What if I told you that it had found a message in those signals? Bullshit. Well, it wasn't easy, and I do have the NSA to thank. Although if they discover I've been running this algorithm in the background of their decryption supercomputer, then I might have to leave abruptly. Or apologise. You can never really tell what mood they'll be in one day to the next. Ben, what about the message? Oh, that. What was the message, Ben? Well, it was short, and it really is rather impressive decoding anything like this, obviously. Ben? Hello. Are you content? (laughs) Well, Well, I think it's a very... Poignant message, better than prepare to be annihilated. Oh God! <laughs> Hold on a second. <laughs> Can't breathe. <laughs> you had me shitting myself for a moment there. <laughs> I, I take it then you don't believe what I found is a message from an alien race. Would Would you please stop laughing? <laughs> I'm sorry. (laughs) I'm sorry. Uh, Ben, you've got to admit, if you were to imagine contact from another species, I think I'd be looking for something a little more, I don't know, profound. I mean, we've sent out a gold disc giving a snapshot of the human race and our knowledge. Music, mathematics, you name it. And what do the hyper-intelligent aliens send back? The equivalent of have a nice day. You don't think it's from outer space, then? Look, Ben, I'm sorry. I think your algorithm found a pattern that wasn't there and extrapolated meaning from it. I disagree. I'll go even further and state that this is an alien species with an interest in the human race, a species directly involved with the evolution of mankind. Here we go. Are we really back on the engineer's theory once more? Has Ridley Scott been sending you secret messages in his films again? Just, just, just think about it, okay? The human body is an amazing machine. It regulates itself, heals itself, and has the ability to create more of itself through reproduction. Yeah, I thought you only believed in things you'd experienced for yourself. That was, that was uncalled for. As I was saying before I was so rudely interrupted, the human body is an amazing machine, and that is exactly what it is. A piece of technology built using biological parts rather than mechanical ones. It is not, however, a perfect machine. What do you mean? Well, think about it. It has its own defensive capabilities in the form of white blood cells to ward off illness, the ability to heal wounds, etc., etc. Occasionally, though, this excellent piece of machinery goes wrong. It functions incorrectly. It overreacts to certain stimuli. It has a faulty piece of code, if you will. And what's that? Cancer. What? Cancer is the body performing incorrect actions, creating cells where it does not need to. It's not an attack from an external source causing this, but rather an internal failure of the biological system. A mistake, nothing more. 
We have, in essence, a design flaw, and if our god or gods are supposedly infallible, then logic dictates we were not built by a benign, omnipotent being, but rather are constructs of more fallible ones. Actions should have been taken to rectify these errors, to complain, if you will. Then, what did you do? I sent a message back, of course. Hey. Hey yourself. Been a while. Six months exactly. Are you okay? Nothing wrong with you? No. No, nothing uh, physically at least. Good. Good. Because you look like shit. (laughs) Yes. Come in. You know, I've noticed a lot of noise on the web. Stuff about the blink you mentioned last time. Figures. It was bound to get out eventually. Don't think I'm such a crackpot now, do you? Well, it is eerily spot on, though most dismiss it. So it got me thinking. Hmm? Did you get an answer to the message you sent? Oh, right. Um, Do you remember what I was talking about the last time you visited? You mean the alien thing? Not just humanity, but all life on Earth has been engineered. An external force created it and maintained it, and it's my belief... It's my belief now that the Earth has experienced various stages of life. There have probably been several of these stages, back from when Earth was first formed up to and including today. Of these earlier versions, we have no substantial evidence of. The last one before us, though, we do have several indicators lying around. You mean the dinosaurs, don't you? Mm Mm-hmm, indeed. Those uh, big stumbling sods before us. For the sake of clarity, I've class them as version 5.0 of life on Earth. We are version 6.0, and I now have reason to believe. What about the message? Did you get an answer? Not just my message. The Earth's been sending radio signals and more out for quite a few years now. We can find their signals, as I've proven, they can certainly pick up ours, even the unintended ones. What are you trying to say? That they got our messages and they took action. What action? Well, you work in technical support, what is usually your first recommendation when something stops working correctly? I don't know. Usually, turning it off and back on again does the trick in the majority of cases. Oh, no. You are not saying the blink is... Chariots of the gods. Chariots of the friggin' gods. Imagine that. Aliens coming down to teach ancient civilizations new tricks. Maybe they didn't. Maybe 6.0 was still under warranty at the time, and part of that warranty included on-site maintenance. Well, hell, my money's on the Greek gods actually being extraterrestrial consultants sent down to fix bug problems. Makes you wonder which fucked-up piece of code triggered Pompeii. Shut up! Here, the beer's on me. It would explain why so many people believed in pantheons of gods back in the day, alien engineers popping down to fix the system while we were still covered. Just like Microsoft's ending support for older versions of Windows, though, maybe we just passed the date where version 6.0 of Life on Earth was covered so they'd stopped coming. And now, in this age of 
radio and microwave signals, the people of Earth are finally sending messages and emails that can be picked up by their gods, bemoaning this and that failure with their bodies, their families and the world around them, demanding answers, and these messages tumble out across the ether of space, picked up by some backwater tech support desk in some forgotten nebula. The number of messages reaches a critical mass, a statistical point where action must be taken. And some alien equivalent of a high school dropout named Gary checks a scrap of paper on his desk for the instructions to an age-old piece of software and then turns it off and on again. I got a message back, you know. Jesus, Ben. What did it say? It's an audio message. It came directly to me. Uh, I spent the last week decrypting it. Have it here. Dear Earth, thank you for replying in regard of our recent query as to your ongoing happiness with your software. We passed on your multiple concerns to the relevant technical support help desk. Unfortunately, ongoing support for your current version of Life 6.0 has ended. The initial reboot of your hardware slash software attempted previously appears to have not resolved your issues. Therefore, we will be refreshing your systems to previous stable release Life 5.3. Your contract does not include backup slash restoration of existing data, so all current data will be wiped post-version with Life 5.3. Thank you for using Life, and please contact us if further issues occur. Best regards. Refresh? Using the version numbering as a guide, my guess is it would be resetting the Earth back to the late Jurassic period. Oh dear God. I sent a message back, of course, asking them not to do anything. You did? I even couched it in the proper terms. We've decided to continue with our current installation. Please do not reboot nor refresh the system. Please ignore all other bug reports unless forwarded by me. Ben Glover, sysadmin of Earth. I hope they got it in time. Bug reports? Prayers. Oh. Sysadmin <laughs> of Earth. Really? I had to sound like I was in charge, didn't I? Do you think they got your message? I honestly don't know. We can hope, though. I mean, by... My calculations will know in the next couple of hours or so. It's why I invited you over, I guess, so we can watch the ends together. Then again, we might just wink out of existence. Oh. I see. So we just sit here and drink beer until our world ends. Maybe. Yeah. Pretty much. Bugger. I hate when there's a maybe involved. Well, to be perfectly honest, I don't think the dinosaurs were given a fair enough crack of the whip the first time round. It's only right they should be given another go. message did get through and life kept on. Or perhaps the end hasn't come yet and we're all just waiting. Waiting. Waiting on the world to change. Or perhaps you're all dinosaurs and the point is moot. Either way, until next we convene. And if we're lucky, we'll meet again. Pleasant dreams. <laughs> <laughs> Ben, 
Midnight Marinera is a bi-monthly podcast written, produced, directed, and mixed by David King. This episode features the voice talents of Ben Patton, Jason Cates Severst, and Kayla Berry. When God's Blink is based on the original short story by Charmingly Shallow. You can read this and other works of his at creepypasta.wikia.com under the same username. Comments, suggestions, cries of horror as you notice just how much blood there actually is on your hands? Please feel free to leave feedback wherever you listen to this, or email us at midnightmarinera at gmail.com. And hey, if you want to contribute to the show, put your money somewhere other than where your mouth is, and really you shouldn't do that since you don't know where it's been, consider becoming a patron and supporting Midnight Marinera's Patreon page with a small monthly donation. Thanks for listening.